Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Anybody know what this is? That rod and they die off. They come for sparing out the rod. Was that? No, that's not the one. It might work. I told everybody, I said, I'm going to keep you in chair number one, one way or another. (laughs) I went to the staff this week. I said, if you weren't here for the conference, all I can say is, I'm sorry, you really missed it. That was, I've been to a lot of conferences, but I think that might have been the best of anyone I've ever been to in my life, seriously. And so, if you haven't heard the at least the Saturday version of that, I would encourage you to do that, please. And um, it's the stream we're in. You're gonna the language around it. You might also want to get a hold of um, Leif Hetland's book on rain, rain and the rest, and uh, everybody read it so we have a common language, and uh, it'll talk about staying in chair number one. The last page I may share this. I'll, maybe I'll attach it to one of the sermons. The last page of the book has the attributes of being in chair number one as a spirit-filled believer. And the attributes of being in chair number two as a believer, but you're kind of walking in the flesh. <laughs> Not that any of us would ever done that. I, um, I, I haven't been put in time out in a long time. And this week, um, I got out of chair number one for just a little bit. And my wife said, you need to go in your room and talk to the Lord. I said, are you putting me in time out? She goes, I am. And I went there. <laughs> And he talked to me. And so I got back in chair number one. I apologized for, you know. Anyway, hey, you're not all that holy either, okay? <laughs> anyway, I'll just leave it there. Okay, praise God. We're going to, this, um, this was given to me when, when Leif Hetland gave me his family staff. It's called Kingdom Family. Um, I sought the Lord. This is out of uh, Psalm 34, 4 through 6. Engraved on it is kingdom family in gold. It says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces are never covered with shame. And so uh, he, in, in the giving of this, he said, I want you to know, when this Spirit of God moves, every bit of my resources family, connection, churches, whatever you need, I'm in. And so that's, a, that's an amazing blessing and gift. And, and uh, I thought it would, you know, to kind of follow last weekend, it, it was phenomenal. This whole week, there's been outpourings, indications of people that are getting healed, things that have come in. Uh, one of our Spanish ladies, this is kind of wild, you know, um, God's going to start doing some amazing things that are going to be signs to wonder after. Um, Pastor Mike was sharing on Saturday night, I guess we were praying together when the Holy Spirit fell up here, and I don't, it's kind of all a blur. Um, he started to pray, and one of the Spanish ladies who was here turned to Pastor William Nilsson later in the week said, when did Pastor Michael learn Spanish? I heard everything he said in Spanish. Come on, praise God, I want that gift, Lord. <laughs> So, just God is just kind of working out some amazing things, and so I want us. To, I want to try to cap where we are as a body, and where do we go with this? Um, to set that up, let me ask you a couple of questions first. You have two handouts that you're going to really need this morning. The first is the sermon outline, and then the second one I, drives my wife happy when I mark everything in red. That's just what I do, but. Um, kind of read through the red, but you're going to need the Derek Prince prophecy because I believe that's uh, significant to where we are, and I'll explain that in a minute. 
First, uh, why don't you turn with me in Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3 sets a, a tone about the prophetic. You're about ready to start into uh, the equipping in the prophetic community. And so I just want to give you a basis here both for where we are as a body and then I think where he's taken us. In Amos, Amos 3 in verse 7, in the New Living Translation, are you there? Amos 3 verse 7, it says, Indeed, or take heed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servant, the prophets. Now, if you were here probably six, eight weeks ago, we showed prophetic words from Kim Clement, who's in heaven, about where we are as a nation right now, how amazing that was, right? And so, we know this whole book is prophetic, I mean, throughout, right? And so, to say, well, we don't, you know, we're not in a prophecy, I don't, then I don't understand that. But, so, we know that he, he gives us insight and revelations through the prophets, he told us what was going to happen in Israel, where we are today. He told us 3,500 years ago through the book of Ezekiel, some of the alignments that are here right now. We, we studied the whole book of Revelation. We looked at some of the, uh, uh, the apocalyptic prep, uh, preparations of prophecy. We've done all that and laid the foundation in the last six months. So the, the book is prophetic, and we are to be a prophetic people. And he said in the last days, right, in Acts, we shared that he's going to pour it out on all flesh. Sons and daughters, men dreaming dreams, and old men and visions. So this, there's amazing things that are already uh, in the mix. But so here we are in Amos. He tells us, "I will tell everything beforehand through my servants, the prophets." Now I want us to look at a verse just before that. Look at Amos three three. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Where's my friend David? Let me model this for you. Um, David and I agree on almost everything, and wherever he's wrong, he, he learns. <laughs> Do you notice that we are walking together in agreement? We are in step. Now, this, is this way, this way. The point of what Amos was telling us, and you know this in your family, you know it in your business, and you know it in your church, well, I don't agree with that. Hmm, that's a good spirit. And so, not that we have to agree with all things, but there is a direction that we need to agree on. If we're going to go in a particular direction, he also told us in Psalm 133, you're familiar with the scripture, he said, he commands a blessing when brothers, sisters dwell, there's a, that's, a, that's a very strong word. That's not like, hey, how are we doing? No, this is dwell. If you, you want to know somebody, live with them. Right? It may all look good on that, but you get to really know, right? So he says how blessed it is when brothers, brothers and sisters, dwell together in unity. Harmony, that word, or harmonious. It's like, can you imagine if our worship team was up here? One singing this note, some singing that. Man, it would be awful, right? But when they all get on the same page and they strike the same notes and they follow the same lyrics, it's beautiful. And that's where the church is right now. So we have this, we have this potential of agreement. And 
I want us to see what happened last weekend because I believe uh, we've set some of the groundworks on where he has already told us what he wants to do. So there were, I believe three questions came out of last weekend. First of all, I, I think I told you Sunday morning, we probably could have changed the, the, uh, the title of it, Rain in Life Conference, to the generals came to town and made an offer. <laughs> not the one that you couldn't refuse, you know, it's, this is not the mafia, but it's, you know, it's one of those that the Lord said, I have something for you, but it's going to take your big yes. And I was very careful because, man, I've been around some of this stuff long enough that realizes, you know, revivals and moves of God get, can get really, really messy. And um, so I asked if you would agree. So Saturday night, we had a large number of people give a yes. And then Sunday morning, I estimate over 90 plus percent of the church stood up and said, we're in. So the Lord has heard your yes. So I think the three questions that came out of the weekend was, first one is, so what has God revealed to us? What has God revealed? The second question is, what direction is He going in? And the third question is, who's going to go with Him? I'll say that again. What did God reveal last weekend? And He, he made it real clear, I think, at one point, and it's been unfolding more this week. What has God revealed? Basically, what's on his heart? Did you hear this? If you'll show me your heart, I say yes. The whole theme of this morning, right? We started out with he's the way. He's the way. And how many would come and say, yes, we want your way? So what's God revealing? What direction is he going in? And who will agree to go with him? And I believe that um, the answer to number one there is what, God, what does God want to do? He wants to pour out His Holy Spirit on a region. He wants to pour out the Holy Spirit on a region. Now, I just read you Amos in 1975. This is kind of wild how this all fits together. Listen how supernatural this starts to get. Saturday night, I shared the Derek, I, I shared the Derek Prince prophecy from 1975, where Derek was in um, Jacksonville. There were about 1,200 in attendance. It's one of the first multiracial gatherings. This is also very specific when you look at some of the seeds that have been planted. It was a multiracial gathering, and some of you were there, right? And there was an outpouring. It was the first time drums and instruments were used in a, in a, in a worship service together like that. And so, and in the midst of that, Derek Prince, who died in 2003, he was in that meeting in 1975, and he was moved by what he saw and he prophesied that there was going to be a move in southeastern, this is the region, southeastern North Carolina, that he was going to pour out his spirit, and there was going to be this move of revival that was going to be over the region, and it was going to be so supernaturally phenomenal that the kings and queens in the earth would come to study what just happened. What is that? And so you can imagine some of those signs and wonders. In fact, Setting us up, the last five weeks of Wednesday nights, I've been sharing what would it look like if we had a church, seriously, that was following the Holy Spirit? What would be the core values of a Spirit-led church? I mean, really, what does that look like? I'm telling you, and the week, the, uh, 
the week before the conference, we kind of summarized that. We, and I asked, we spent about an hour, Pastor Noy, I said, come on, those who have come, share with me, what would you see? What would you visualize? What would be in the imagination of your heart if the Holy Spirit really started to move? And man, I got, I went home like, woo right? It set a vision. It set a, a tone that's like, can you capture the vision of that? And then Jack and Leif come. <laughs> and so Saturday night, I shared that prophecy. I said, you know, God wants to do something, I believe, because this whole weekend captured Jack and Leif and Frida. They were caught by surprise. They, know, they both realized it. And I, when Jack, Jack's never at a loss for words, just a lot of wisdom. But when he stops Saturday night, he says, I've gotten permission to offer this question to you. Like, I'm sitting, my wife and I are like, yipes. And, you know, so Leif got in the car when I picked him up Friday from the airport, and he was already like, man, I feel the atmosphere, the shift. And then the connection with a revivalist from another church that called him, hadn't talked to him in a long time, was listening to Leif's prophecies and the moves and the teachings in another move of God. And Leif put that together. He says, man, I'm, I believe, the, basically, I smell the rain. I smell the rain of revival. So those words were actually used. That's going to be critical again. So then Sunday morning, I shared again Derek Prince's prophecy. Okay, now pull your hand out, the one that has Derek Prince on it, one that's in red. And if you don't have it, there's more in the foyer there. It's front and back. So we have our amazing time, and then we got, they got to go. That One, Jack and Leif were going to different places. One was going, I think, to Wisconsin. Another was going, they're going to to Texas, to Lubbock, Texas, to do conferences. They've texted me back and forth on my phone. I have Leif. He videoed one of the sessions on Saturday night when the Holy Spirit was just moving. He says, I'm still feeling the Spirit on this, right? He, he videoed it, some of it, and sent it to Heidi Baker and said, you know, wow. And so this move, so I get them, to, I take them to Panera Bread for lunch. They got to be on a plane. They're flying out in the same plane together and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they're leaving Wilmington. At which point, Miss Nancy, Nancy Smith, sends me an email from the Derek Prince ministry. It's actually, it was at a Charisma, who took, Charisma picked it up. And I want you to notice, look at the time at the top of the page there, where, where Derek's standing. He says, at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, on April 28th, Sunday. So Jack and Frida are leaving the airspace, like the generals finished their assignment, and they flew out. And at that moment, we get a Charisma Magazine article with the title, What Will It Take to Bring Revival? Hello? I mean, I may be slow, but I'm not that slow, right? And so when you look to the right, it says, what will it take to bring revival? He wanted to share an illustration that involves a unique region in South Africa and Nambia. And Derek, you can read that, but it goes on, it says, there's these dry places in this place in South Africa. He ministered a lot and, and uh, was in the British Army and uh, lived in Israel. It was just an amazing, I've, I've looked at a lot of his stuff. Some of you really follow that ministry. I've met with the followers of his ministry now that are still moving on. And anyway, there are these seeds that are planted in the ground. All that's required is a little bit of rain. And a little bit of rain that's been put in the soil 
on top of the seeds that have been there for years, brings about this flourishing. And he was using the example um, where there have been many. How many have gone before us with seeds of intercession for revival? The crying out, the legacy, the wells, the gateways. And Derek Prince was asking the question, so what's our part? You see that right there in the first page highlighted? What is our part? And if you summarize this, if God is to pour out His Spirit, it's going to require a people who are desperate. It's the hungry ones. He's drawn to hunger. In fact, uh, our devotional from Jennifer LeClaire this morning, my wife and I were reading, uh, one of the scriptures on that is the, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro in the earth just looking for someone, this is in Chronicles, for someone He can show Himself strong in. And so... The real question was, what, what's our part? And I, I if you go, I'll, I'll kind of keep you going both ways. To pull out your handout, the sermonette outline. I titled this, and I'll put this together. It'll make sense in a minute. After, you know, we're all laid out in the Holy Spirit and impartation occurred Saturday night, and, uh, you know, I finally recover enough to drive Jack and Frida and Leif back to the hotel. And I'm like... I don't know what happened right now. I don't even know what we agreed to. It sounds wonderful and scary at the same time. And right, so Jack and all those, was, so they're, they're like in the car, like, and I'm like, so, you know, here I am, the doer, right? Um, so I turned to Pop. I said, uh, so, uh, Pop, let me ask you a question. What do we do now? You have any advice on what do we do now? And I, right in the middle of your handout, he said, yeah. Stay out of his way and stay in his way. And I said, that's about as clear as mud. He goes, yep. And I told you, I woke up in the morning, Sunday morning with this. And I know we're not supposed to be anxious, but it was kind of hanging there, right? Like, I usually start my morning with, good morning, Father, good morning, Lord, good morning, Holy Spirit. And I start praising. But right away, there was this, what? happened and what are you about to do? What do you want to do? And then this, the inadequacy, right? That's that part of like, do, do I have what it takes, Lord, to do what you want to do? And he said, no. I'm like, oh. He goes, but I do. And I have you because you said yes. So therefore, we can, right? So I was encouraged by all that and still, you know, a little bit heavy. But so then when in the afternoon after I'm recovering from the conference and I get Nancy's email and I'm like, oh my. Because I didn't want to jump in and, you know, let's start a battery of meetings and let's do worship 24-7. You know, no. He said, stay out of his way and get in his way. And that so relates to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that is our family verse from my kids, when they were knee-high, when they could start speaking, they memorized that verse. That is a good word. Amen. Trust the Lord. Don't lean on your understanding. Every way, acknowledge Him. He'll direct the way. Amen. Right? So that, that sounds like get out of His way, do what you want to do, but get right in His way and follow Him. Right? And so... When I got this, I said, Lord, I think you're outlining some things. So yesterday, I just got quiet with him. 
and I said, look, let's, let me read this and meditate on it. And then I called our Spanish congregation. They're doing the same thing this morning. And here's what I think is the first part of what he wants to do. Our part is fall on our faces. The outpouring of the rain. If he, the question number one was, what is he revealing? He wants to pour out his spirit. What direction does he want to do it? It's this region. And that region is going to catch on fire. If, if we, Pastor Mike and our team were to get together, we could lay out the prophecies of what was going to take place. Jamie Galloway came here. Abner came here. Um, Bob Hazlitt came here. Says it's going to start in the Carolinas. Um, when you look at it, the fire burns in the Carolinas. When the strong man comes down in Charleston, the Carolinas will come alive. And it says that fire is going to start. It's going to go down the coast, and it's going to hit Florida. Then they came and said it's going to go to Cuba. It's going to go down to South America, and it's going to go across the nation. And so when you look at the fire, he wants to pour it out. And so I want us, if you're willing, this is a different kind of fast. It's different than any one that I know we've ever done. That I want us to take 21 days starting tomorrow. I'm going to ask you, if you're willing, take 15 minutes from your day. Morning, night. You can do it three fives. You can do all 15. You can do, but I would like 15 minutes in your day. If you're capable, just get on your face and cry out to God. Send your Holy Spirit. We want your spirit. Focus it on the, your family. Come to my family. Come to me. Move on me. Make me hungry. You see, you can't manufacture. You can strong. You, this is not something that's all, you know, emotional drama. No, this is a hunger from the inside. That Derek uses the example in Joel. That if we'll rend our hearts with weeping. That's why I love the word that was given, right? Rend your heart. Send your spirit. Crying out to him. So the fast is a 21-day fast. We will finish it on May 26th, Sunday. We'll come together as a body. If you will pray for those 21 days, 15 minutes a day, that's the commitment. We pray for that 15 minutes asking God to come to me, to our families, to our church, to our region, to our state, to our nation, and to the nations. What would happen if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, and then I'll bring healing to the land. So I know what Barner says, born-again believers only pray four minutes a day. So I'm asking you to jack that up a little bit. And so that's a commitment. Uh, you, you make it to him, not to me. And there may be some other things that you need to do um, in that prayer. You may want to fast. You may want to um, do some other things that the Lord will show you. But I, part number two there is on the bottom of that Derek Prince handout, that you ask this in desperation. Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry. And then I'd like you to memorize as a body Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's turn there now. As I was praying about this and thinking about all the legacy of believers gone before us who have prayed for years for Wilmington, this region, the nation, 
Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I'd like you to, if you can, the King James Version, if we're going to memorize it together, you can get that off your phone or that's not as important as, but I want us to memorize this, get it so down in our spirit, man, that you can even pray it while you're praying your 15 minutes. Wherefore, seeing we also, Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. See, there's two things, weight and sin. There are distractions that weigh us down. Jobs and kids and family and bills and da-da-dee-da-da, right? Idolatry. He says, lay aside all that stuff and sin that which easily besets us and let us run with patience. Here's the race. The race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This morning in the prayer room, wasn't that off the hook? And we just, uh, it was wild. I mean, it just just broke out, right? We started, I said, run in place. Let's run this race. And uh, Josh Timberlake said, man, I'm just hearing like, it's not about the, the tomb, it's the womb. And I heard, you know what? In the world, it's womb to tomb. In the world, it's womb to tomb. But in the kingdom, it's tomb to womb. Right? Isn't that right? In fact, remember my two last Sunday sermons before the was, it's all about the tombs. It was the tomb of Lazarus coming forth that sets up the tomb that Jesus went to that broke out. It's like, you can look at those two Sundays. And it's like, yes, because we're new creatures in Christ. The old has passed away. The new birth is about the tomb that Jesus broke open, and by his resurrection, we have life. And so there's this place where it says, like, okay, so we're going to run this race. If we're going to see the revival, the outpouring, this is why, again, Wednesday night a week ago, I got very emotional. I said, what would happen if there really was a body of believers that would follow the Holy Spirit not just in word, but in action. What would happen? If you've got a child who's lost, you've got a friend that's stuck in addiction, you've got broken bodies that are not healed, when the Holy Spirit comes, there will be a change that will cause a revolution in the Spirit that will draw people from the north, south, east, and west. Because this is what Bill Johnson, I've been with Bill, and he said, look, this time he cries out, he goes, you know, we don't want our reputation to be greater than the, the hype to be greater than the actual. And he said, you know, when they start coming, when they start coming and bringing our people to Bethel, they have, he says, one Sunday, I remember him sharing, he says, or it was a weekend, he said, they five people flew from different places in the earth because they had, they had family members that were dying. But they heard there was a place where the river was flowing. That they could go there. So they spent their money and they flew there. And from what Bill could see, he says, I didn't see a manifestation that day. So God, we need you to come. When they start coming and they start lying, he said, what would you do if you have a family member who's sick and dying? What'd they do in Jesus' day? They brought them to him. This is not going to be about the, the superman or woman in the spirit. This is going to be about all of us together. 
It's going to be all of us learning in the spirit realm that I have the rights. That's what this chair number one is. It's all about Him, right? Him getting the glory. So when we look at what Derek said, that I, they, if look at the bottom of his, his handout, it says, therefore, says the Lord, this is Joel 2, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. This is rend your heart. Rend your heart. It's torn. It's open. Not your garments. Don't do like the, the old Hebrew thing where they, they tore them in an act of like, this is bad. No, no. He wants you to open your heart. He wants me to open my heart to him. And he says, and return to the Lord your God. For he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger, great in kindness. He relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind. Turn the page or turn over. Then he goes into Joel 2.28 through 32. It shall come to pass afterwards. See, after the rending, after the turning, after the weeping, after the desperate cry out, he comes afterwards and pours out his spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters, Prophesy. This is what Peter shared in that Acts chapter 2 morning when it surprised them all. Because Jesus told him in Acts 1, don't leave until the Father sends the gift. When he comes, he will leave the Holy Spirit with power, right? He's going to give you power. And so they're there together in Acts 2. It falls and there's all sorts of accusations if you read that in Acts 2. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit starts pouring out. When it starts moving, you're going to have the ones that are amazed. You're going to have the mockers. That can't be God. Right? And then there's those that are intrigued by it all and are brought in. And so I'm asking that if we would appeal in prayer. See the these highlighted section there in Derek's handout and appeal to prayer. And he goes, look, this is, this is a personal thing. It's not something you can muster up. You can't try to make yourself desperate. But you can ask him. And in your prayer time, I would ask you to visualize your family members that are lost or they're sick. That can really move you in a place of desperation in prayer. That's, that's heart prayer. Move in a place for the lost ones, the neighbor next door, the one that you're having trouble with, the one that you have difficulty forgiving. Visualize what's going to happen on the day when he comes back and you have to stand before him. And give an account of everything you've said or done. There's going to be this, that will move us into a place of desperation. Asking him, God, this is a move that only you can do. And visualize a city. I hate the fact that we were labeled number one in opioid addiction. I hate that. Visualize the crime that's happening downtown. Daniel and Alicia were sharing me. There were three shootings outside their home downtown this past week. Visualize the murders that have happened, the, the child abuse, all that's going on. What would happen if a nation was on fire for God? That will motivate us in a prayer. That 15 minutes will go pretty quick. But it's not a superficial response. It's a cry of desperation. So here's our prayer that you can pray this week. It's the bottom of the page that says, if you're willing to go there. I know it's not for everybody. But it is, I believe, for us here, it's what the request of the, what the general's one question is, says, here's the prayer, it says, Father, I stand in awe of your presence. 
Father, I stand in awe of your presence. You want to say it together? I stand in awe of your presence. Thank you for the challenge of your word that has come to me. I cry to you for mercy for my nation. God, have mercy on us. In judgment, remember mercy. Enable me by your grace and by the Spirit, Holy Spirit to experience a breakthrough in prayer, to pray in desperation for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I ask you to draw this nation back to you. Father, I pray for you to move by your Holy Spirit to bring revival to our land and throughout the earth in Jesus' name. Amen. If you kind of look at your outline, we've seen the seeds being planted here. I'm just going to cover quickly one, two, three in the back there. I smell rain. I do. The prophecy that's there and the prophecy laid out was just too connected in the spirit to miss that. We've been embracing core values. What does the Holy Spirit do with a core value-led church in the spirit? If you look at number four, We've been seeing more signs and wonders. We're hearing miracles coming in. The kingdom men, a couple of weeks ago, the kingdom men got up and they sang. We had our choir, the kingdom men choir, right? The men are emerging. And you know, when you look at the multiracial, multi-ethnic family rising that's been happening, go back, remember, reverse the curse, marching through the city, all of us going down the place where the 1898 massacre occurred and declaring as a people, right, operating with, bringing that all together, the tent ministries, Azusa, going out and about, the Healing the Land conference where Matt Lockett and Will Fort came here in, in uh, December and the outpouring that happened in the racial reconciliation and the pot when we found out that one owned the other's family and how they've been working together supernaturally. These are seeds of revival that have been planted to reverse the curse that's over our city. He's been working this thing. We're like, what are we doing? I like my Mike we do so much by accident, right? Better than what we do on purpose. Because why? If you are led by the Lord, you may not have understanding of what the heck is going on, but you're directed by him and he just kind of brings us along. And he sets those things up because he can't do it without setting those things in advance. We see that the church has taken a stand. We just finished a 40-day fast of standing for life, 40 days for life. Over 500 children were spared as a result of that. Workers who came out from Planned Parenthood, we make a stand. See, Christianity is not some comfortable religion. If you're sitting in your little place, it's not what he wants. He wants us out, bold. He wants that. And as a church, I know you're doing that. We're doing street angels. We're out there with House of Mercy. We're doing outreaches every... It, you're there. We're in the jails. We're, God has allowed us to take a stand. And the poor and the broken, they come in. We love it when they come. And then our worship was experienced even today. Whether it's an acoustical set or the week before when Agape Tribe was here just... Going wild for Jesus. We asked the Lord if he would come and he would move among us. So if you're willing to do a 21-day fast, 15 minutes, why don't you stand to your feet? I want the Lord to mark you. <laughs> mark us. Lord, we're going to be intercessors for you because if, if we just, if we know he would spare Sodom with just 10, what does he do when, when he finds a few more <laughs> for a city? Okay, 
Look around. All you all intercessors. For the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come to a region. To set a family, a group on fire. Whoa. We're going to have a dance that is going to ask the Lord to come. We did this during the conference Friday night. But if you can have a seat now. and We're going to ask the Lord to fill the temple. <laughs> know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when He comes, you'll be on your face. <laughs> I don't know where the kids are. Are they coming? Are they here? Okay, we need our kids. Are the kids here, Mary Esther? They're here. Okay, praise God. No, the youth are here. Okay. We need our flaggers to come and... All right, we'll just... So, if you will take this 21 days, I, I believe on May 26th, if I got my math right, that Sunday is going to be a blowout Sunday. <laughs> Not that anyway, you know, it, we just, we, I want to invite you also, if you can come just a little bit early to church and get to, this, to the pre-prayer meeting at 9.30, it's just really, there's an agreement. It's part of the, it's part of the Psalm 133 blessing. If we just come, yeah, it can get a little wild in there, but you'll be okay. You'll be all right. I promise. And so, then on Wednesday night, as we start this prophetic community, we went as a, as a staff, the board sent us to the Voice of the Prophets, and all of us were there, and I just feel like we got such an amazing download from all of the, the prophetic words that were coming out. So there's this move of God that is going to happen in such a way that as we get equipped in the prophetic, we'll start to be having more dreams and visions and revelation. The Lord will start to open. I'll share probably on a couple of Sundays when, we get, when I get a chance also what happens when the atmosphere is charged in the prophetic. Remember the scripture where um, even Saul, he's in a murdering spirit trying to kill David, and he gets up against a school of the prophets, and he starts prophesying. That spirit, when the Holy Spirit starts to move, will shut down a lot of darkness. That's just the way it works. And, and so, praise God. May the Lord fill the temple. May your temple be so full of the Holy Spirit that you just, you can't even hardly stand up under His presence.